Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. On this episode, we're going to see an episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live, which is a webcast that I do every Thursday on Facebook and on YouTube for the immigrant community. If you have any immigrant questions or immigration questions, feel free to join us on Thursday for the next one. And for now, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome. Welcome. I'm going to hit the connection on Instagram. Uh, Danitza, thank you for all your help, and please confirm with me, if you could, whether or not we're live. And for everybody tuning in, hello, hello and welcome, and thank you so much for being here with me. All right, thank you so much. Um, It is Tuesday, the 1st of March of 2022. Can you believe it? And thank you so much uh, for joining me. Uh, My name is Otis Landerholm. I'm the founding immigration attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. And I'm really excited today to be with you for another episode of Deportation Defense Live. All right? We have had some technical difficulties this morning, ladies and gentlemen. And such is life, right? You're, you're, you're up to something, you're doing things, you're creating new content, and, you know, it's like, ah, keep up to speed with the changes in technology. So here we are. I'm starting a little bit behind schedule. Thanks to everyone for your patience, and thank you so much for being here. Um, thanks and shout out to those who have joined me here on Instagram as well. And if you're with us on TikTok, YouTube, uh, Facebook, I mean, welcome. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here. So here at the Deportation Defense Live, we are here to train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants who are facing deportation to make the most out of immigration laws, to make the most out of their lives, and to win their cases. All right? So are you facing removal in immigration court? Do you know someone who's facing removal in immigration court? If so, you know it's not easy, all right? It is an uphill battle. The laws are against us. And so here we take some time out of our day, out of our week, every week, to talk about how can we maximize your chances of winning that case. Today... Today, it's going to be a a great episode, everybody. Today, our theme is, what is cancellation of removal? What is cancellation of removal? And thanks to everyone who asked questions ahead of time, all right? I am starting behind schedule, so I'm going to try and zip through this episode. I do want to talk about the basics, and then I want to get into your questions as quickly as I can, all right? And if you do have questions, hey, send them over. Send them over, of course. 
So um, we've, got, we've got about 20 minutes or so to do this in English, and then we'll do this episode in Spanish. And as always, we'll jump right in and talk about the basics. What are the basics? What is cancellation of removal? Well, here's the thing, all right? Cancellation of removal, quote-unquote, is a law that was created in 1996, okay? Before that, there was a thing called suspension of deportation. So if you have an old case, you might, um, you know, you might have, uh, you might have filed suspension of deportation. There was also a law called NACARA, uh, the Nicaraguan and Central American Relief Act. There was also a law called 212C. Some of those cases are still lying around. I've actually won each of those types of cases. Um, but those are pretty uncommon these days. Nowadays, and after 1996, uh, the law changed and is now called cancellation of removal. And so what does that even mean? Really, we're talking typically about three different types of law, three different specific laws. One is cancellation of removal for green card holders, which I'll talk about. Two is cancellation of removal for non-green card holders, for people who are undocumented or who maybe had a visa or something but never had a green card. And three is cancellation under VAWA, which is the Violence Against Women Act. All right? And hello, everybody joining in. Thank you for joining in. I see you there on Instagram. Um, and uh, I see you on TikTok and on YouTube and on Facebook. Hello and welcome and thanks. We're talking about cancellation of removal. All right, so what's that first type of cancellation? It's LPR cancellation, lawful permanent resident cancellation. Lawful permanent residents, remember, are green card holders. If you've got a green card, you are an LPR or a lawful permanent resident. So good job, all right? So imagine you're a green card holder. You've won your case. You've got your green card. You're here. You're doing good. But now somehow you've messed up. Maybe you committed a crime, right? Maybe you were arrested. Maybe there was a drug issue. Maybe, you know, and now whatever that issue was, now the government is trying to deport you and trying to take away your status, take away your green card. Imagine you're in that situation, all right? So now you're in immigration court. You've got your hearings in front of the judge. We can apply to cancel your removal proceedings for cancellation of removal. That's what we're talking about, right? We can apply to the judge to cancel your removal proceedings, to win your green card back, if you, four requirements, if you, one, have had your green card for at least five years, two, you had some kind of lawful status, visa, green card, for at least seven years, before the commission of certain crimes and before the, commission, the com commencing of deportation proceedings. Got it? Three, if you've never been convicted of an aggravated felony, which I'm not going to go into today for time purposes, how to define that because it's a huge topic. Well, it'll be a topic for another day. And four, you have to win a favorable discretionary finding by the judge. If you can do those four things, you can win your green card back and you can win cancellation of removal. Okay, got it? So that's, that's it for people who already have green cards. All right? But what if you don't? Well, if you don't already have a green card, 
then you do what we call non-LPR cancellation of removal, okay? Uh, Non-LPR cancellation of removal under E42B. And um, so imagine you're undocumented, right? Maybe you had a visa, maybe not. And now the government is trying to deport you for any reason, all right? But imagine you have a child who's a U.S. citizen who has Down syndrome or something. Or imagine you have a spouse or a parent who's dying of cancer, right? You're in that one of those situations. Well, you can ask a judge in that situation to cancel your removal if, and there's four requirements to go through. One, if you've been present in the U.S. for 10 years before the notice to appear was issued, all right, and check that notice to appear to make sure it was compliant with the law and all that. There are ways to extend the 10 years if it didn't comply. Two, if you're a person of quote-unquote good moral character for the last 10 years, good moral character is a very specific term in immigration law that you got to look at. It's defined by the law. We'll have a whole training based just on that topic. Three, You've got to be the spouse, parent, son, or daughter of a U.S. citizen or a green card holder who would suffer, quote-unquote, exceptional and extremely unusual hardship if you were removed. All right? And four, you have to be given a favorable exercise of discretion by the judge. If you've got all those things, you can cancel your deportation and get a green card even if you were undocumented for all your life long. Got it? That's, that's, that's the way that works. We call that E42B cancellation. It's probably the most common type of cancellation. And then there's a third type of cancellation. It's cancellation under VAWA. So now imagine that you're undocumented, but you were married to a U.S. citizen or a green card holder, and you were the victim of domestic violence, or you were the victim of abuse, or you were the victim of extreme cruelty, in your marriage. In that situation, you could ask the judge to cancel your removal under VAWA. Got it? If you, and there's some requirements here, you have to have been subjected to battery or extreme cruelty by a U.S. citizen or green card holder, spouse or parent. All right, that's requirement number one. Two, you have to have been physically present in the U.S. for three years before the issuance of your notice to appear. Three, you had to have good moral character for those three years. Four, you have to demonstrate that your removal would cause extreme hardship, all right, to you, your children, or your parents. Five, you've got to show that certain inadmissibility grounds don't apply to you. And six, you've got to be given a favorable discretionary finding by the judge. If you can show all that stuff you can cancel your removal under VAWA, all right? Those are the three types of cancellation. That's basically it, all right? That's basically it. That's everything you need to know about cancellation of removal, right? I mean, come on, these are huge topics, all right? And I went through them laser quick. There are thousands of cases that have been argued, and we could talk more about the cases. We could spend days talking about how to strategize a cancellation case. Um, you know, so yeah, there is some more things that you should know, but those are the basics. Those are the three types, all right? A couple of other details that are commonly asked. One, 
Can you apply for multiple types of cancellation, two or all three types of cancellation at the same time? The answer is yes. And in fact, the answer is you should. If you are facing deportation, you want to submit as many applications as you are possibly, as you are arguably eligible for. Got it? Another common question is, can you apply for cancellation of removal and asylum at the same time? Or how about cancel cancellation of removal and a U visa at the same time? The answer is yes, we do it all the time. All right? Did you know that most cases are denied? All right, did you know that so far this year, it's March 1st, according to track immigration statistics, there have been 19,279 people who've been ordered deported in court so far this year. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, all right? And you don't want to be one of them. And I don't want you to be one of them. I want you to win your case. Got it? And so that's what this is about. Like, how can we maximize your chances of winning, of strategizing what type of cancellation might work best for you? All right? That's all I'm going to say right now. Now I'm going to jump into the questions. The first question that I have, and if you've got a question, hey, send them, send them my way. And if you are texting me your question in Spanish, no worries. I'm going to do this episode in Spanish in just a few moments, okay? So the first question I have comes from um, Ayodele. Ayodele, thank you for asking your question, all right? It is a long question. I'm going to try and get to this as much as I can. So Ayodele, thank you for asking me your question. You say, I am in removal proceedings, and prior to COVID, I intended my individual and master calendar hearings during this time, I was waiting for my I-130 interview, which was filed in November of 2017. All right, got it. And my last court date was November 2019, before I was scheduled for March 2022, due to the fact that the immigration judge was waiting for my outcome of my I-130 interview. Fast forward, my I-130 was approved, in January 2020, but because my court date was in 2022 and because of COVID, I had to wait for March of 2022. To make matters worse, my court date was moved to April 2024 due to the backlogs of the court's docket. Okay, Ayodele, thank you for this question. Um, oh, then you continue here. From my research, I have heard about prosecutorial discretion that could be filed with ICE to obtain relief especially now that I have an approved I-130, but I don't know about how to do this. Please advise. Thanks. All right. I got it. Thank you for asking that question. So, um, you know, uh, here, my, my first question for you, Ayodele, is do you have a lawyer helping you? All right. Do you have a lawyer helping you? Because I highly, highly recommend you have a lawyer helping you. All right. If you've got an uh, approved I-130, Maybe you're eligible for a family-based petition. Maybe you, don't, maybe you don't need prosecutorial discretion, maybe, although maybe it is a smart thing. Maybe you could terminate your proceedings in court or administratively close your proceedings in court, and maybe you could file for adjustment of status in front of USCIS. Or, depending on how you entered the U.S., maybe you're not eligible to adjust status. Maybe you need to consular process your case. Or 
Maybe you'd be eligible for cancellation of removal or for asylum or for some other thing. I'd love to help you. I would love to help you. But in order to really give you good advice, the best thing that I can say is, hey, let's start with a consultation. Let's get to the bottom of what really happened, what the best strategy is for that I-130 that you now have approved. Congrats on that, by the way. And let's see what we can do. All right. My guess is you're, you're doing it correctly. You don't have a deportation order. And, you know, the fact that it's pushed out to 2024 due to COVID, I mean, join the club, right? We've got m- most of our cases have been just pushed out and out and out and out further and further um, for um, people that are in re- uh, removal proceedings in court. And it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, yes, you could uh, try to apply for prosecutorial discretion. Um, and you can do that. Um, by reaching out to the um, uh, ICE officer, we have emails for DHS. Um, and if you look up OPLA, which is the Office of the Prosecutor uh, OPLA, Office of the Principal Litigation Advisor of ICE, okay? And so if you, if you look up OPLA, O-P-L-A, Office of the Principal Legal Administrator for ICE, I, I hope I'm not uh, messing up the, uh, the acronym, it's OPLA, within ICE, you can get access to the, underneath Immigration Customs Enforcement online, all right, you can find the um, Office of the ERO, which stands for Enforcement and Removal Operations, and in that you can find OPLA, and OPLA has emails at every immigration court for an attorney of the day that will answer you, all right, if, you've, if you want to do something regarding a, court, a case in court. I recommend you don't do that on your own. I recommend you have a lawyer help you with that, and our office is in constant communication uh, with um, ICE all over the country, right, to negotiate these types of things um, when you're in immigration court. Anyway, Iodeli, I hope that was helpful. Best of luck to you. If my office can help you in any other way, please, you know, give us a call. We'd love to look at your case more closely, run FOIAs if we need to, um, do a review of what was filed in the past and see how we can help you. Awesome. The next, I'll take two more questions and then I got to move. I got to move on, all right? So the next question I have comes from Akbar. Akbar, thank you for your question, all right? Your uh, question is, hello, my name is Akbar. I have a political asylum case from Pakistan, from Karachi, all right? Cool, cool. Uh, Akbar, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, And my court date is coming up this July, July 25th, 2022 in San Francisco. My question for you is, is there any immigration political asylum case from Pakistan? Have I done this before? Have you done this before? What can you do? to help me out with this case, best regards. Cool, Akbar, I love it. Yes, I have done, yes, I have won cases from Pakistan. I have clients right now from Karachi. Yes, there are political asylum issues from Pakistan, but there's a lot more depth to go into it, all right? Um, You know, and so it's not like everybody from Karachi now all of a sudden has a case for political asylum. We've got to know the details of why you are afraid of going back to Pakistan. What do you think would happen to you and what has happened to you in the past? We got to go into it, 
All right. And so it's not something that I can just say, hey, you know, can yes, we could win your case right here over YouTube. I don't even I don't even know the situation, really. But we have won cases. All right. And we would love to get to know your situation um, and we would love to nav help you navigate through that. OK, so hopefully that's uh, useful. If it is, hey, we're just a phone call away. We'd love to, you know, you've got an active case. I'd love to um, uh, talk with you, learn, learn more about it. Right. Sweet. All right. The next question I have comes from CT. All right. CT. Thank you for asking your question. Your question is, is there a possibility of placing a case, an active case, on prosecutorial discretion and getting it administratively closed? All right, that's a great, uh, that's a great question, and thank you for asking it. The answer to your question is yes, there is a possibility depending on the type of case. All right, sometimes it is strategic to do that. Sometimes it's not strategic to do that. What prosecutorial discretion means is you're basically asking ICE to agree to stop prosecuting the case against you, all right, and to just leave it as is. And sometimes they're willing to do that, and sometimes they're not. Um, under the Trump administration, they were completely uh, not doing that. And now under the Biden administration, there is more flexibility. All right. And so, yes, that is a possibility. We would love to help you with that if that could work uh, in your case. All right. And I'd be more more than happy to discuss that in more depth. All right. I see some hellos and some shout outs. Uh, so Francisca, hello. Um, so thank you for reaching out, Francisca. I see you there. And Girish, hello. You say you've applied for a U visa. When can I expect the bona fide determination? You applied in 2018. So uh, that's a good question. USCIS is working through the backlog to get those out. As long as your U visa was well filed, it should be coming. It should be on its way um, in the next, I'll say, year, right? Because <laughs> they're going through an enormous backlog of cases. Um, Alec B., um, good morning. Shout out to you. You've got a question about citizenship with um, some uh, arrests in the past. Thank you for asking that question. It is possible to apply for citizenship even with criminal charges from the past, but be careful, all right? Be careful, everybody. If those charges made a person, quote-unquote, deportable, sometimes the best advice is to not apply for citizenship. So, Alec, you who made your question there, thank you for asking that question. Let's review the case carefully first before deciding whether or not to file for citizenship. Z, I see you there. You're asking, what about fraud? What about marriage fraud? I don't know the specific question there, but I'd love to talk you through it. We have lots of clients who have had allegations against them of marriage fraud, and you can fight against those allegations. They say it was marriage fraud. You say, no, it wasn't. All right? And if your question is, what about fraud? What about marriage fraud? Can you apply for cancellation of removal? The truth is, is if you're eligible, yes, you can. Okay, and so uh, fraud does not create an automatic bar for cancellation of removal, um, but it does cause other problems. <laughs> so uh, anyway, there you go. Um, uh, R, I see you there. I don't know your full name. I just see the letter R. 
You ask, are FOIAs free? Is this something you can do on your own? FOIAs are uh, tricky, and I don't recommend doing them on your own. You want to get all the records within immigration. Uh, it's not something that are free, but it's typically like the lowest cost legal service that is out there, right? It's typically just requesting all of the records, following up with the government, and then reviewing them carefully together so that you can get a clear strategy on how to proceed, all right? And so, um, you know, don't look to do FOIAs for free. Do, look to do them well. Look to do them correctly. Look to do them in a way that will actually help you. FOIAs can be worth their weight in gold, all right? So don't, uh, don't shy away from FOIAs, R. I hope that was helpful for you. All right, everybody, thank you all so much. Thank you all so much. I wanted to just tell you, you know, on the topic of cancellation, my very first cancellation case, let me just tell you the story real fast. My client was arrested for a DUI, all right? This was my first case probably seven, probably 10 years ago, all right? Probably 10 years ago. My first cancellation case, client was arrested for a DUI. I'll never forget it. His, his, after his arrest by the police, his charges were dropped, all right? His charges were dropped, zero conviction, right? But he was transferred to ICE anyway. Why? Because he was undocumented. And they started deportation proceedings against him, all right? He was from Mexico. He was married. He'd been in the U.S. for years, almost 20 years at that point. He had two kids, both born here. His youngest son, eight years old, suffered from autism, okay? And so we argued that he was eligible for cancellation of removal. We argued that his son would suffer, quote-unquote, exceptional and extremely unusual hardship. That's that super high standard to win cancellation. That his son, who's autistic, would suffer that level of harm if the dad were deported to Mexico. Ultimately, after like two years fighting the case back then, now it takes even longer, right? The judge ultimately agreed. We won. The judge granted this man's case. Now he has a green card, okay? Now he lives with his wife and son, and now he's actually helping his wife get status, all right? And he's going to be eligible for U.S. citizenship. He's starting that process, so anyway, it's a game changer, people. I recommend if you, if you are in immigration court or facing immigration court, don't do it alone. There is hope. There is a way. There are things that can be done, and I want you to be aware of it, all right? Uh, Carrera Araceli, hello in Instagram. Hello, everyone else who's joined us in Instagram. Hello. So that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. That is all the time I have today. Sorry, I'm a little bit rushed today, um, but that is the way it is. Time is against us <laughs> sometimes. All right, so that's all the time we have for today. If I haven't answered your question, hey, I still will. I would love to answer your question. Please still send it, all right? If this was useful, please subscribe to our channel in YouTube. Click the notifications bell. You can get additional legal updates and news as we update them. Um, if you have an immigration case, please give us a call. We are here to help. We would love to help, okay? So thank you so much for joining me. My name's Otis Landerholm. I'm the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration, APC, where we fight for your American dream. 
and I'll see you next week on our live episode of Deportation Defense Live. We'll see you then. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. If you like what you heard and if you want to learn more, please go to LanderholmImmigration.com forward slash podcast.